0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 5. And we're going to read a text that we're reading weekly here for our series. And it's uh, out of Galatians. And the series we're in, we're we're just in week number 2 of a series called Freedom. Everyone say the word freedom. Freedom. Now, say it like you're free. Everybody say freedom. Freedom. Freedom, yeah. And last week, we started this series off by looking at the subtopic of make the right choice. Make the right choice. And you're going to hear a little bit of this in today's message, but just a 30-second recap. We talked about the two different trees in the Garden of Eden. We discussed the tree of life. And then we also discussed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it depends on which one you're doing life in, which one you're eating from, really tells the story of how things are going to go for you. If, you. if you spend your life in the tree of life, expect, expect God's blessings. Expect his, his promises to be fulfilled in your life. Now, if you choose, and the choice is yours, if you choose to do life in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, plan on having the fallout of that. So I'm going to I'm going to back up and we're going to state all of that again but in a, in a real simple way. If you choose to do things God's ways, expect to have God's ways. If you choose to do things your way, I hope it works out for you. And uh, that's really what it comes down to. And a good example of this is whenever you're going through trials, when you're going through hardships, challenges, you can either do it your way or you can go through those things believing in God. And today, I am absolutely moved that my friend Sherry Lyles is here. She's been going through a hard time walking through cancer. Walking through cancer, walking through surgery, walking through reconstructive surgery. Just, just trying to navigate uncharted waters for her. Now, a good example of what I'm speaking of. She could just have walked through that with her own way. With bitterness, with shock, with anxiety and fear. And without question, when that news came to her, without question, those things made their way into that heart of hers. But she chose real quick to choose an alternative. And that was to put everything in the hand of God and to believe God. And I am thrilled to be able to stand here today and say that based on her latest results and numbers and based on the latest conversations with her fabulous Fort Worth surgeon and other doctors and team of medical staff that she sits here today with a new lease on life And has some challenges of recovering ahead of her. But I believe that we're going to be able to do life with Sherry Lyles for many, many years to come. And for that, I say to God, be the glory. Amen. Amen. And I'm also glad she's here because she makes Ron look a lot better. He smells better. We love you. Now, today is our second week of this series. Last week, make the right choice. This week, we're going to go a little deeper. It's going to be a little bit tight in the room, and uh, I I just hope you glean from it. I was impressed with the the Word of God last Sunday because I really didn't know. I I really felt like it was going to be a great series, but I had no idea the affirmation that I would receive from this church because it's a, pretty, it's a pretty tough series. When you're preaching on the grace of God in the Bible Belt, which has a tendency to lean a little bit more to a conservative performance-based, maybe even a legalistic approach to the gospel. When you preach about the grace of Jesus Christ, you better get ready to, to live with the fallout of that But I was so overwhelmed with your love and affirmation last week, and I thank you for it. Today, we'll see where you are on all that because it's going to give you a little bit tighter. To the the word of the Lord we go, and we're going to start with this series text, Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15. These notes are for you in your app. If you would like to download that for the first time, it's Calvary, F-T-W, from your app store, and you can see these scriptures in notes. Reading from the message, transliteration of scripture. And it says, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Someone say amen. Let's talk about peer pressure for a minute. Peer pressure, it doesn't stop when you come out of elementary school. Peer pressure doesn't go away once you come out of junior high or high school or even college. Peer pressure is still with you in adulthood. Some of you are experiencing peer pressure even during this message and uh, people sitting next to you. uh, Peer pressure, if you're going to say amen to certain things Peer pressure to, to uh, tweet out certain things. Peer pressure. Peer pressure's real. There's a part of peer pressure, though, that I want to highlight because we're going to talk about it from the Scripture today. There's a part of peer pressure to me as one of the worst feelings in the world because it's happened to me. And, unfortunately, I don't recall a situation, but I bet that I've even been uh, used in this same painful experience towards other people And I don't recall it, but I'm a sinner saved by grace, so I'm sure I've participated in it. There's nothing worse than being somewhere with who you think is your friend. Your type, he's your boy, your buddies, your friends. That couple, they're your friends. That girl, she's your your friend. But into the room comes one of their other friends. And all of a sudden, you're forgotten about. There's nothing worse than that. So for a preacher, oftentimes I attend conferences and and most of the time I go not knowing a soul and I'll find someone and it's like, oh yeah, hey, how are you? And we'll, we'll strike up a conversation and we'll become friends until their other friend comes and then I'm back to just looking for someone to hang out with. It's a weird feeling. It happens in junior high, big time, happens in high school, and, and it still happens. It it, it it probably happened today. Maybe you walked in and you're getting coffee with someone and things are awesome, right? You're reconnecting, but then up walks someone else and you're left there with you and your creamer and your coffee and they're gone. It it happens. Believe it or not, this happened with someone in the Bible named Peter. And boy, did it get hot. Peter, in your scripture, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. The Bible says Peter regularly ate with non-Jews. I love this guy. He's doing life with people that, that probably have the reputation that maybe he shouldn't be doing life with. And that may shock some of you, but, but man, if I have to choose, uh, I, I, I wanna be doing life with people that I could offer something to rather than, rather than them think they know it all. And uh, I, I love that Peter's hanging out with these non-Jews until the Bible says, but when that conservative group came, When the conservative group walked into the room, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could between himself and his non-Jewish friends. And then it says something amazing. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique. Now, you may say, how's that going to make me uncomfortable? Because every single one of us in the room, we've had this experience to some degree. Peter is offering this life giving, loving, encouraging friendship to non Jewish followers. And everything's going good. They enjoy each other's company, they enjoy their fellowship, they probably talk sports, they avoid politics. They probably talk about their kids and their grandkids. They probably talk about their vacations. But they avoid religion and they avoid politics. How many of you know that makes for a good friend? I thought this was 10 o'clock, not 8.30. How many of you know that makes for a good friend? Okay. I can tell what this is going to be like. And I'm up for the challenge. So... They focus on things that they have in common. Peter's not highlighting all the things that are contentious. Peter's not focusing on things that are controversial. Peter's not highlighting things that could be an issue. He's just doing life. They're talking about Toronto possibly winning the series. They're talking about upcoming vacations and, 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 and all of this kind of stuff. They're just having fun. But in walks the room... The conservative religious group. And Peter is busted. He's busted for actually being friends with non-following Jews. And he feels the tension. He feels the pressure. He feels that look. Everybody say, the look. The look of, are you really, are you really hanging out with them? And Peter's got to make the decision Am I going to be true to these new friends? Or am I going to cave to the peer pressure of the religious conservative sect and group and distance myself? And Peter made the wrong choice. And out of nowhere, he brings pain to the room because he chooses the religious conservative group over these incredible life-giving relationships that God was using him greatly in. Now, you and I both know this is real. You and I live in an area of South Fort Worth and its surrounding areas that there's churches on every corner. In this church, for many, many years now, we have stood and taken the stance that we are a church that will embrace the grace, we will embrace the grace of Jesus Christ. And I know that I have personally been in environments that are full of life-giving friends and relationships and all it takes is one person from the other side of the philosophical track that walks in and the tension's real. You start wondering, "Am, am I able to do this? Am I able to maintain these relationships while I'm getting that look from someone else? Now, you might say, give me a real-life example. It's over dinner. Maybe it's in a golf cart. Maybe it's standing in an aisle at a retail store. You're having this incredible moment with someone that you truly do love and care about. And up walks the religious person in your world. And everybody's got one. Maybe it's your mom, your grandmother, your cousin, your neighbor, the one sitting in front of you right now that won't turn around and look at you. Maybe it's that one. But we all have a religious person that wants to think, why are you hanging out with them? What are you doing hanging out with them? Well, this is what happened to Peter. And here's the point of the day. Last Sunday, I told you there's the tree of life, doing it God's way. And then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, doing it your way. Today, I want to show you something else. It seems as though there's this vine That people choose to swing from one tree to the other depending on who they're with. Put your big boy britches on, Calvary. Because we're about to get a little uncomfortable in this room with a little tension. Because a lot of people want to live in that place of grace for themselves. But they'll hop on that vine and swing way over here when it involves other people they're with. I need a better amen than that. And we live in a community where there's so many different types of churches. And unfortunately, there's a lot of mindset that one church has got the corner on the gospel. The other church, oh, it's just a country club for rich people. The other church, it's a bunch of heathen people that have blue lights. And it, you just decide on who you're with, depending on where you're, who you're with, depends on where, what tree you're going to be in. And Peter did something that he has a little history doing. Peter hopped on that vine, beat his chest like Tarzan, and he, and, he, and he swung way over to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he literally put a distance between him and his non-Jewish following friends. And Paul... Heard about it. And Uncle Paul shows up, and this is what he says. He says, You need to understand the gospel, Peter. Matter of fact, Peter, you're the guy that when Jesus himself said, Who do men say that I am? You, Peter, were the one that had the revelation from the Father that you are the Son of God. And Jesus said, Peter, Petros, you are the rock that I'm gonna build my church. You are an amazing man. But here you are dropping the ball, Peter, all because of some peer pressure. And Paul says in Galatians 2, verses 16 and 19, he says, Now look, we know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. Well, how do we know that? Because we tried it, and we had the best systems of rules the world's ever seen. And convinced now that no human being can please God by self-improvement. Everybody do this. You can't please God by self-improvement. We believe in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. Now, it fits in to show you two little statements that would rock your world if you're open to it. So, what actually took place is this I tried keeping rules, Paul said, and I worked my head off trying to please God, and it didn't work. So, I quit being here's number one I quit being a law man so that I could be God's man. Paul just reached up with a stick and whipped Peter up one side and down the other and said, Peter, I'm embarrassed, man. You had these incredible friends you were doing life with. You guys were growing in friendship and fellowship. You were actually connecting well. You were showing them the love of Jesus and in walked your old religious buddies and you flip-flopped on them. You need to remember once again, Peter, and I'm going to say this very gently today, but I say it stern." A lot of you in this church today, you need to remember. You need to remember that we don't please God by our good behavior. We please God by living a crucified life with Christ. Now, I'm fixing to drive this nail deep today. And I want you to listen well. Here is the secret discipline that will keep you off the vine. It will keep you from swinging from one tree to the other. But it requires discipline. And none of us like discipline. None of us enjoy discipline. That's sweat. That's work. That's effort. And some of you might be thinking right now, well, but, but grace, that's non-work related, right? Absolutely not. Grace actually has a lot of work with it. It's just not for your salvation, Grace is having faith in the saving grace of Jesus. But once you're a product of grace, the work really starts. Because you didn't work for your salvation, but buddy, you work from your salvation. You can't take the freedom of the cross of Jesus Christ and put it in a jar and expect that it will be there for the rest of your life if you choose to walk away from it. The grace of Jesus Christ calls you to a higher way of thinking. It brings you to a higher way of living. Not work based, but faith based. Yes. Amen. And guess what? Faith works. Yes. Not only is faith productive, but faith is active. Because faith without works is? Yes. Yeah. So you got to work from your salvation. Yes. You don't get good to get God, but once you get God, you start doing some good stuff. Or maybe you never got him. I've enjoyed knowing you. (laughs) May the Lord bless you at your next church. (laughs) Because it's getting really, really hard to breathe in this room. I told our 830 service, it's it's like you start on that that flat road on that treadmill. And then out of nowhere, they just start cranking the, 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 the incline. This one's like already at a vertical wall, and it's at 10 o'clock. If the discipline produces the results, then what's the, what's the, what's the discipline? Here we go. If and Drive the Nail Deep today, you ready for it? Here's the discipline. The discipline is Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 solves everything. It'll keep you out of the vine or off the vine, that will allow you to swing from tree to tree, depending on who you're running with. Here's the discipline. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I live by faith i 'm going to say it again and then I' have you repeat it, okay? Or do you just want to repeat it now? you feeling good? everybody okay i 've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And I live by faith. If you live the crucified life with Jesus, you are equipped, you're ready, you're empowered. To sever the vine of temptation that would allow you to swing depending on the room you're in and depending on the people you're with. and depending, You know, you got to understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to get real, real, real with you. Once you start living the life of freedom and the grace of Jesus Christ, get ready. Every legalistic family member you have will start texting you. Every legalistic relationship you've got at work will start emailing you. You got time for coffee? And then you get that vine and you swing over, and that dominant voice will look you in the eye. And they will start speaking things against your choice of, 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 of putting your faith in the grace of God. And then next thing you know, you're in a matter, in a moment, in a place of contention. Because you've got to choose. And most of you and I, we're nowhere near as spiritual as Peter. And even Peter said, enough, I'm tapping out. Enough, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Yes, i got to work for my salvation. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm performance based. And he caves And this is how things go at family reunions. This is how things go at, at lunches. This is how, this, boy, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> you see, when I was called of God at 15, I had no idea what it looked like. And I didn't know what my, what, what my mission statement was going to be. And I didn't know where I would end up. And I didn't know what it would entail. I had no idea at 15 that my particular calling would involve Fort Worth. I had no idea at 15 my calling would involve a, 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 a church that's transitioning from a long-standing history of living in the wrong tree in some areas, not all. So make sure you quote me right. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that God would put a calling on my life that would have a lot of incline treadmill Sundays and a lot, of, a lot of crying and a lot of hurting and a, lot of, a lot, of, lot of loss of people through years. I didn't realize that God would put me in a relationship with a 40-year-old veteran of ministry that would come link arm in arm and fight the battle together. I didn't know all that. Not sure if I would have signed up for it. But because you're called to do it, you put, your, you put your best hat on and you keep preaching truths because every sermon is always followed up by someone inviting you to lunch. And then there's a conversation that contradicts what you've been hearing from the Word of God And then you choose to swing from tree to tree. There's literally families in South Fort Worth, Texas that swing from tree to tree. Church to church. Places to places. Because they've never crucified. They've never become crucified with Christ. That's going to get a little heavy here, but I want to help some of you. Matthew, the book of Matthew, Jesus says, hey, listen, guys that are close to me, I want you to understand. I'm about to go to the death of the cross. And, but don't worry because the power of the Holy Spirit's going to resurrect and, and I'll ascend. The Holy Spirit's going to come into your world. This is the will of the Father. I'm about to carry out the will of God. And who is it? Everybody say, it's old Peter. Old Peter says, nah, nah, that's not going to happen on my watch. Nuh-uh. Not going to happen. You're not going to. No, 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 no. You're staying here with us forever. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, you're living in the wrong tree right now. You've got the mind of men, not the mind of heaven and the mind of God right now. You're wanting your own desires and you're this thing to go down and work out the way you want it to work out. But that's not how God wants it to work out. How God wants it to work out is I'm fixing to pay the penalty of sin for all of humanity forever. And I'm fixing to bring freedom to a lost and dark world. And you want me to avoid that out of your own desires. So therefore what's happened is you think you're smarter than what the will of God is, you're living in the wrong tree. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he says something just might drop powerful. He says, matter of fact, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. And you're going to have to follow me. If, if someone's going to find their life, you're going to have to lose your life. If someone's going to grow and develop and mature and, and be first, then you're going to have to be last. You're going to have to crucify some things. So let me help you understand how this discipline's lived out. I'm fixing to give you three things that's going to have to die in your life if you're ever going to stay out of that old crazy tree of doing things your way. And there's no avoiding this. None of us get a pass from it. Every single one of us have to make these steps of sacrifice. Here's the first one. You're going to have to crucify self. Paul said... I have been crucified with Christ. Paul said, I no longer live. The I, the you, the self. Paul then says in 1 Corinthians, I die daily. Self must be crucified. And the problem with that truth is that all of us are in love with ourselves. It's okay to laugh. We love us some me. We are eaten up with me-itis. We love us some me. My way. I. Me. Myself. Me. Me. And if you are always alive, then you'll always have one hand on that vine. And you'll always want to swing from tree to tree. Because you'll always be making the call. You'll always be making the choice. And Paul said, you you have to understand, you must die. You must die. Daily, self must be crucified. So here is the... The, the power punch. This is what takes the life out of self. And it's the word that none of us want to use. It's the word humility. Everyone just try to say humility. humility. So- it's like it's like it's like we're we're Miltellus. it's like we don't want to say humility right it's a tough word because none of us humility does not come natural with any of us and that's the truth it's supernatural humility is not natural man it's not natural to be humble it's not natural you've got to be on your A game spiritually to live a practiced life of humility. Even the most humble among us have days that they get it wrong. And their self rises up. In the book of John, John has this beautiful understanding. He says, he must increase and I must decrease. In, in, in Tommy's way of saying that, there needs to be more of Jesus and less of Tommy. And the days the days that that scale is correct, where there's more Jesus than Tommy, those are the days that everything goes well with me. I mean, my marriage is awesome. My my parenting's awesome. My pastoring's awesome. My relationships are awesome. But the days, and there are those days where the scales are tipped and there's more Tommy than Jesus, you, you watch out. It's bad. It's bad. The Nora carries like, knives (laughs) knives <laughs> it's bad she walks around the house and says he must increase you must decrease I'm gonna let you have it <laughs> now that may not happen to your house but I'm telling you when there's more of Tommy than Jesus it's obvious and it's a nightmare but you catch me on a good day. You catch me on a day that I've submitted to God. You catch me on a day that I've put God first. You, you catch me on a day that I've prayed. You catch me on a day that I've sacrificed. You catch me on a day that I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. And, that, and you catch me on a day that Christ lives in me. That I'm living by faith. You catch me on that day. By God I'm pretty doggone good. Because it's not even me. It's the Christ in me. You catch me on the day where Jesus is more than me? People are like, man, I want to go. go to that guy's church. Man, I want to know that guy. I want to go eat a meal with that guy. You catch me on the next day where there's more of Tommy? How in the world is he even a preacher? <laughs> and Peter, this happened. Peter had this moment that he could have crucified self, but he felt the pressure of a conservative religious group that walked in the room and changed everything. They put the pressure on him. Religious people will always put pressure on you. They don't know life without pressure. I had someone tell me years ago. And, and at the time I thought, oh my God, I got to write that down. <laughs> That's one of the most powerful revelations I've ever heard. He said, I live for the world hard. Hard. So I live for God hard, and I thought, oh, oh, "Oh, that is beautiful." And I look at it now. I'm like, "That's stupid." That may be the. He had to be drunk saying that. I live for God hard. I outpray everybody. I outgive everybody. I'm the first one to stand and worship. I'm the last one to sit. I hate it when that denor says y'all can be seated and people actually do. Spiritual. Me and God were close. He, I, I don't think he likes you that much right now. He loves you. He loves you. There needs to be more of Jesus and less of us. We're going to live the crucified life? Man, you can't be in the driver's seat. He's got to be in the driver's seat. Let me give you number two. You got to crucify self. And how do you do that? With humility. But here's another one. you got to crucify flesh. Flesh meaning your desires, your passions, your lust, your pride. you got to crucify flesh, your carnal man. When Jesus died on the cross, everybody, your sins were paid for. You are no longer a slave to sin. But you want me to tell you the culture we live in? And I'm going to give a little, just a little touch of my soapbox for a moment. The world we live in, every, this, this is the hot trend right now. It's, this is, and it's so contradictory to the word of God. But it's even made its way into the church to some degree. The hot thing right now is, will you just live the way you were created you live out of your own passion. He gave you those passions. Live out of your own orientation. That's how God made you. That's how you were born. But the Bible says you got to be born again. It doesn't I don't I don't see the it doesn't add up. If if I live out of my own passions, nothing good is going to ever happen. Cause my passions get weird and crazy and, and I get mad and I get, I get sad and, 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 I, and, and I you know this just happened to me okay watch this watch this. this this just happened to me I had the choice of what tree and I made the wrong choice I, I swung way uh, Tarzan style I went wrong so my, my good looking wife talks me into going to Italy not Olive Garden <laughs> Italy not Italy outside of Waco Italy. I didn't want to go. I've never lost anything outside of these borders. But all of a sudden, when you got something that good looking, I mean, she even makes a little medical boot look hot. (laughs) She fractured a little foot. She fractured a little foot because she's a gladiator. She works out. I work out. You know what I'm saying? She broke her little foot. Now she got this little medical boot. I mean, she even makes that cool so I said sure we'll go to Italy and all of a sudden I'm in Italy and it happens I'm in a good place man I forget I forget I forget that I got kids <laughs> I forget that I've got a job I forget that I have a schedule I mean I just wake up when I want to wake up eat gelato at 8 a.m with some pizza (laughs) spaghetti I'm in Italy and I'm in this good place my wife's happy I don't think I have any kids (laughs) everything's great and I'm in this little cafe I mean cafe I mean it's Italy espresso and then I ask the waiter to split the check and he looks at me and goes, I he said, I don't know what you said, but I don't think you said it nice. <laughs> and he said, I, somebody, but see me. And I said, huh, I don't think he's being nice. I don't like the way he's looking at me. And out of nowhere I had this moment. I just got I, I got on the vine. And I swung to the other tree. And I had this hot flash. And it got all over me. I'm a Viking. And I had this moment. And I'm like, listen, dude. Yeah, you know I mean, I've I've been known to hit somebody in my dreams. And it's about to happen right here in Italy. Take me to the law, baby. You look at me like that. I said, I better be. Here. I said, I ain't kidding you, man. Now look and everybody's gone. All my people have left me. It's just me and Rambo. And y'all, I melt down and I have a moment. I'm hot. I'm I'm literally I'm about to crawl up on an Italian and whip somebody. And I walk out so humiliated and embarrassed. I spend the next hour begging everybody. I, I didn't even know people, and I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, I said, even I said, don't worry about it, just, just tell me I'm okay. I apologize to Denora I apologize to our friends that were with us. I made a fool out of myself. I had this moment, man. My flesh got me. And I'm like, well, it's my daddy in me. I'm a Viking. I lose my temper. Guess what? We don't get a pass for that mess. What happened was... I made a wrong choice. Humility is the power punch against self. Good choices, that's the power punch against flesh. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to choose for you, but the Holy Spirit will give you the direction. And I chose that very moment, that day, not to listen to God. I got into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know what he's saying, but he ain't saying it kindly, and I'm fixing straight now, and I, I'm dumb. And there's a lot of us in this room today. We'll never know freedom if we don't start crucifying ourselves and crucifying our flesh. We've got to get it under control. And as you stand, I'm going to give you the third one. Crucifying self crucifying flesh and we have to crucify the world the world meaning the world's ways secular ways sinful carnal natural ways paul goes on to say it's one of the most beautiful scriptures in galatians 6 he says i'm never going to boast except in the cross of jesus christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let me give you the power punch to that. You ready? This is what just takes the breath out of the world's influence in our lives. Be ye separate. Come out from among them. You and I have to juggle this. We've got to be close enough to the world that we can sit and have meals and play golf and hunt and fish and enjoy fellowship. We've got to stay close enough to the world that we influence. We've got to stay close enough to the world that we love and we lead people to Jesus. But we have to maintain a distance from the world that they don't influence us. How do you do that? I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I live by faith. So, when you wake up in the morning and you're in your tree house, the tree house of the tree of life, there's going to be a vine. And it will take you back over to that other tree that Jesus saved you from. And you get to make the choice of where you're going to do your Monday. Are you going to do your Monday in the tree of life? doing it God's way with more of Jesus and less of you more of the spirit of God and less of your flesh more of the mindset of the, and the mission of the gospel or the mindset and the mission of secularism the choice is yours I just want to live a crucified life and now I've asked for this last song today we've sung it already once in this service you don't have to live another day in your fear you don't have to live another day of your anxiety and the pressure of this world. And this may only apply to one or two of you, but I love you enough to say it. You don't have to live another day with the influence of your super spiritual religious family making you feel bad the fact that Jesus paid the sin for you. You know, everybody thinks hell is where Jesus sends people he don't like. No. No. Hell is only the place that people go to pay their own debt. That's all. That's what hell is. Hell hell doesn't exist for people that God doesn't like. God loves everybody. It's just people that are determined to live in the wrong tree. And for every single one of you that has family, that constantly want a cup of coffee with you, to try to tell you everything wrong with your freedom, why don't you cut that vine off, square your shoulders back, sleep well at night knowing that Jesus has paid it all and to Him you owe your freedom let's worship everybody